Hallelujah. I'm glad you came to celebrate today. I'm glad you brought a celebratory spirit. I'm glad you brought praise in your heart for the Lord today. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's nothing more important uh, in our entire life uh, than Jesus. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Amen. So many things try to crowd in. So many joy stealers, aren't they? There's so many joy stealers. And it's all about focus. And it's all about a person. And it's all about Jesus. Amen. The scripture is very clear. Lay aside every sin and weight that does so easily beset you. Now, the devil has it really easy because he's got the whole world system working in, in conjunction and coordination with him. And the whole world, the Bible said, lieth in wickedness, literally under the influence of the evil one himself. The Bible speaks of the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. If you want a Bible study that will mark you as a Christian, will qualify you as a Christian or disqualify you, Listen to the message on the blessing of obedience. Amen. Amen. You may not like all that you hear, but you need to hear it. Amen. You need to examine yourself. We need self-examination. The Bible said to make your calling election sure your eternal soul and your destiny depends on it. Amen. So this is an important teaching. We got a letter, and I'll tell you this before we go into the Word for just a little while. We got a letter from Nashville, Tennessee, commending, let's talk about Jesus, a listener that listens consistently. And that's what they liked about it. They liked, about the, they liked the fact that there is teaching on a subject that follows that subject through so that you can get a grasp of it. You never get all of it, but you can get a handle on it, and you get a good grasp of it. A lot of people don't listen to the word all week long. All you get is this little uh, hour and a half here. Uh, and you need more than that. You need to study the Bible. You need to hear it taught. Uh, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching, exhorting one another, encouraging one another in right living, exhorting one another to keep on keeping on and keep the faith and stay close to God. It's a place of great safety and security. Anyway, in this letter, and it was a long letter, and it was a good letter, and it was an uplifting letter, and it commends our media ministry and our media minister for putting that that up on the on the air uh, and uh, uh, the, the, there was a line upon line in the letter it said I love the line upon line precept upon precept teaching so there's a teaching ministry in the evangelistic part of this ministry and we really appreciate the opportunity to teach the word of God when when Jesus uh, sat down and taught them he earned a reputation for being a teacher and they called him a teacher sent from God. Can you say man? Now I can inspire you and I can probably pre press an emotional button. A lot of people love Pentecost because it's an emotional uh, experience to experience the power and presence of God. However, people are not perishing because they don't shout and dance and, and have a good time at church. People are not perishing because they don't, because they don't run around the church or have a Jericho march. People are not perishing because they don't get a liver shiver on Sunday morning. People are perishing for one distinct reason, for a lack of knowledge. Can you say amen? amen. 
My people perish for a lack of knowledge. My people go into captivity for a lack of knowledge. And to address that, in Jeremiah 3.15, God says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart, and they will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it's not general knowledge and understanding. It's specific knowledge and understanding. Can you say, man, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. But he that glorieth, let him glory in this. Everybody say knowledge and understanding. That he knows and understands me, saith God. That's why Paul said, oh, that I might know him. This man with all these gifts, all of these, he, he went up to third heaven and saw things he wasn't permitted to utter. But he was after the knowledge of God, not just the experience of angels and the experience of miracles through his ministry and, and the experience of actually seeing heaven firsthand. Hallelujah. Oh, that I might know him. Praise God. Amen. In the fellowship of his sufferings and in the power of his resurrection. Praise God. Amen. Glory to the Lord. Three things I want to talk to you about before we, we go here. And we will be going to Northland Church when we go there. So three things I want to mention to you briefly because I promised to do this briefly today. But are, are you glad there are people receiving from what we're doing here? That there's a significance going beyond these walls. We don't have a big building. We don't have a lot of people. Uh, but we are here to feed the spiritually hungry. So come and dine. The master calls us to come and dine. Amen. Three things about the resurrection. Number one, it's a cardinal fact in Scripture. By cardinal fact, I, I mean this. Without it, the faith is not the faith. It is so crucial to the faith. The Apostle Paul said, if Jesus be not raised from the dead, if it didn't truly, really happen, then our faith is in vain. The dead are not raised. There's no hope of ever being together again. The dead are not raised. By the way, when it said the dead are not raised, we're talking about the first resurrection. They won't be raised in the first resurrection. The dead, however, are going to be resurrected. There's a second death. And there's a resurrection of all the unsaved that have ever lived and breathed on this planet. Every person on this planet is an immortal eternal soul they may not have eternal life with god but they will live somewhere forever that's why church is not just a you know a, a social organization Amen. i said church is not just a social organization some people see it only as a benevolent listen the whole world out there has every kind of benevolent society this is spiritual. This is about souls. This is about eternal things today. And I saw the dead, both small and great. The, 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 the land gave up the dead, John said. This is in Revelation 19 and 20. The land gave up the dead. And I saw the dead. The sea. Everyone who's ever died at sea is going to rise up at the great white throne judgment. 
And all those whose names were not found where? In the Lamb's book of life. I'm going to tell you something about getting saved today. Since this is Resurrection Sunday. When you get saved, the Bible said our citizenship changes. We're, we're on earth, but we're not citizens of earth anymore. We're in the world, but we're not of it. In fact, we're called pilgrims in order to live that sanctified life. The scripture said, I beseech you as pilgrims and strangers. What? Strangers? This is earth. I'm from earth. <laughs> you know, no, no. If you're a Christian, you're in the world, but you're not of it. And Jesus didn't say that you, you be taken out. He didn't pray for you to be taken out yet because we're the light. And we're the salt. Can you say amen? I'm here as a, one of God's luminaries. I'm here as, as a preservative person. Amen. When we leave, that's when the Antichrist and the devil's going to have his way. And the Bible said, when, when that occurs, woe to the inhabitants of the earth after that occurs. For Satan, who is the prince of the power of the air, his influence is somewhere between here and heaven. Amen. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth, for Satan hath what? Come down unto you. And he's going to come down by coming through a person. Just like God came and took on flesh, Satan is going to enter a man. I believe the Antichrist is going to be indwelled not just by some lesser demon. I believe he's going to be demon-possessed, demon-obsessed, and I believe the devil himself is going to somehow manipulate him personally. The devil is a fallen angel, but he's been divested of what he had in heaven because the angels held not their first estate, but they were cast down into chains of everlasting darkness. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Listen to me very carefully. I believe demons, and this is part of, of this teaching this morning. I believe demons are angels who have lost their celestial body so that they could not interact with man the way they did before the flood. The sons of God. Angels are referred to many occasions as sons of God. They are created beings. They have celestial bodies. They can appear as human beings. Many scholars believe when it said the sons of God went into the daughters of men, it corrupted uh, God's plan completely. And there were giants in the land. There were mutations. And after the flood, something occurred. Angels held not their first estate, but they were cast down. And they were chained in everlasting chains of darkness. That's why demons want a host. Because they have no body to express. They can't feel. They can't sense when the unclean spirit goes out of a man. Remember, remember the, 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 the demoniac of the Gadarenes? No one could hold him. Chains, they would try to chain him. He would break the chains. He had supernatural strength because he was demon-possessed. And when Jesus approached him, the demons cried out, We know who you are. Make no mistake about it. There's a lot of doubting people in the world, but there's not a doubting devil in hell. Can you say amen? 
Every one of them believed. They said, the scripture actually said in the book of James, thou believest there's one God, thou doest well. The devils believe and they tremble at the reality that God is above them and God is in control. Amen. They don't have control except to those that give place to them. And they said, we know who you are. You're Jesus. You're the son of the living God. He said, hold your peace and come out. And immediately, because they've been divested of their spiritual celestial body, immediately they said, but then if we got to go, and in the name of Jesus, I want you to know they got to go. Praise God. In my name, you shall what? Cast out devils. Praise God. There's power in the name of Jesus. He's alive and well today. Praise God. And his name holds power in three worlds. Amen. In heaven, there's not an angel who doesn't bow to him. Amen. On earth, a day is coming. It hasn't come yet. But a day is coming when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is is Lord to the glory of God. Amen. And beneath the earth, down somewhere in the depths in the netherworld where, where Satan and his minions have been consigned, I want you to know every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess He is Lord. In fact, they were confessing His Lordship when He approached them. They knew this is the Master. Hallelujah. Praise God. That They said, suffer us. Allow us, if we got to go somewhere, we don't want to go back into that murky darkness, that place of, of, of just emptiness, total lost and emptiness. Let us go into these swine. And Jesus said, you know, that's a, that's a good place for you, the whole bunch of you. Amen. And he permitted them. That goes to show who's in control. I'll tell you, if you don't give the devil control, he can't take control because greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. Can you say greater is he? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And what happened when they went into the swine who had no, no will to resist at all? They ran headlong into the sea and were killed. And you know what happened when those swine were killed in the sea? Those demons who can't die, who have to be put into chains, who have to be consigned to a place called hell. Amen. Because you can't kill an eternal spirit. Amen. And they are eternal They got loose and looking and looking and looking. And when the unclean spirit goeth out of a man, where does he go? Amen. He walks in dry places. I looked up the word dry. It doesn't mean arid and desert. It means murky darkness. Everybody say murky darkness. You can invite satanic forces. You can invite the devil. I tell you, we need to put out an unwelcome mat spiritually. Somebody asked me the other day, I said, said what, can I help you, sir? And I said, I'm looking for an unwelcome mat. I guess he, they thought I was some kind of grumpy old man. I said, there's so many solicitors and people come to my door. I, I, I see welcome mats all over the place. I'd like to find an unwelcome mat. Give me a fist bump. Somebody's agreeing with me back here. I don't need no more people trying to give me their religion. I have Jesus. I don't need that. Praise God. Let me alone. And if you're not willing to listen to what I have to say, I have nothing more to say. Listen to me carefully. Spiritually, we need to put out the unwelcome mat. 
and let the devil know you have no place in me and I'll give no place to you. And if I give no place to the devil, he sure can't take any ground from me. Can you say, man, you have to open the door. And and there's somebody behind that door that says, if you don't open it, he's not going to force it open. Greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he. That is in you, that he that is in the world. The father that giveth in me, he's greater than them all. And no man is able to pluck them out of his hand. Praise God. Listen carefully. It is so important that we understand the resurrection is a cardinal truth. It is a cardinal fact in scripture. Paul said if Jesus isn't raised from the dead, then the dead are not going to be raised. There is no resurrection of eternal life for the believer. He said, we're liars. Everything we've told you is a liar. And your faith is in vain. All of this faith and belief means nothing if he didn't. That's why this is so crucial. That's why we don't go to Disney World on Resurrection Sunday. We got 364 days to do it. We shouldn't pick Easter Sunday as Christians. Because without this, our faith is in vain. Without this, amen, Jesus' death is in vain. If he's not raised from the dead, his blood wasn't, sacrifice was not accepted. But if Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible said he's going to bring us with him. In fact, his resurrection assures our resurrection. Water baptism, we are buried with him, identified with his death. The old man is dead and the old man is crucified with christ hallelujah we are we are we are buried with him and we are raised up with him can we're identified with his resurrection can you say man raised with him i wanted to save this till the last but it's i gotta get it in right now it's a cardinal fact in scripture without it we don't have a gospel amen but because it is true we have the gospel of jesus christ we have the good news hallelujah my son is in heaven i've got a daughter that was premature she's in heaven my grandpa my grandma my aunts my uncles some of my cousins are already gone my cousin passed away at 53 two weeks after getting a good report from a doctor for a physical and had a heart attack, major heart attack and passed away on the way to the emergency room. And his wife was a nurse in the hospital. So he had everything he needed to live except the fact that it was time to go home. And we don't know when that time will come, but we know one thing for sure to be absent from the body because of the resurrection is to be what present with the Lord. Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus and he said, she, he said something. They said, Lord, if you'd been here, if you see death was so final, death was the, 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 the triumphant king. All men were held in bondage by the fear of death. But Jesus came along and he got word that Lazarus was sick unto death and he was ministering. And he kept on ministering for three days because he had a plan to reveal and begin to reveal his power over death. Hallelujah. So the disciples said when, when they brought him word that Jesus was dead, then he decided to go down there and fulfill that plan and that purpose. Make no mistake about it. It's never too late. 
whatever your situation is, and you think, oh, if God had moved earlier, uh, but now it's, it's too, too, too big for him, too hard for him. There's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing impossible with God. And he's going to demonstrate that through conquering death in the case of Lazarus. <laughs> Hallelujah. But when they come, his sisters were hopping mad at him. Did you ever get upset? Have you ever questioned God with just Lord? David said, how long? How long? How long, O oh Lord, will you not avenge me to my enemies? How long are you going to let them mess with me before you rise up and get them? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen to me carefully. If you had been here. If you had been here, the disciples asked him, what, what's going on? What's going on? He said, Lazarus sleepeth they were so wore out from evangelizing with jesus they said if he sleepeth he doeth well (laughs) he wouldn't use the final term of death way they would understand it because he knew he had power over it can you say man so he spoke to them plainly it said and told them he's dead now do you get it but dead doesn't mean to me what it means to you aren't you glad that death doesn't mean to god That's why he said as believers, amen, it didn't say to sorrow not. You you can't help it. When I saw my son laying there, that's my son. He's supposed to bury me. He's supposed to go before me. And when I saw him laying there in that bed and I looked at him and I knew he's not here anymore, but I knew where he was. And was there sorrow? Yes. Was there tears? Yes. Do I live in a hopeless state? No. Heaven is going to be sweeter because of every one of my loved ones that have preceded me there. If they were not there, it wouldn't be heaven. It'd be a beautiful city. It'd be a wonderful place. But if they're not there, if there's no hope of, of seeing the ones that I have loved all of my life and being with them forever. I want to see you in heaven. I want to see Josh in heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. We need some security up there. Amen. We we don't want nobody trying to sneak in the gate and mess with us, Josh. We're going to post you at the gate with Michael. Not this Michael. Amen. But another one. He could could be good security at the gate. He he had some students. He's backed some students down. A few, he said. Don't, don't, don't let this cool, kind exterior fool you. You hear them back there? If they were in your class, they'd find out, wouldn't they? Yeah, we might just send you back to school, girl. Amen. I'm so glad about what the scriptures teach about the resurrection, not only of Christ, but of us and of our loved ones that have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Amen. He said, brethren, I would that you sorrow not even as others who have no hope. For if we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. See, it's all based on the resurrection. That's why it's a cardinal truth in Scripture. All of our hope, all of our hope, not some of it or most of it, all of it is based on the resurrection. Forty percent of people in America do not believe that Jesus bodily rose from the dead. 30% of church-going people in America 
do not believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus. 15% of ministers in pulpits in America in certain denominations do not believe that Jesus bodily rose from the dead. And yet Paul said if he didn't, we're liars. Our faith is in vain. The dead, Christian dead, are not raised. Amen. And, and we're of all men, therefore, most miserable. We don't have any hope. Amen. No hope. Death will win. Death will conquer. That's why at the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus began to show his power and authority over man's greatest enemy. And the last enemy that's going to be destroyed is the physical human death. Hallelujah. But it's going down. I said it's going down. When Jesus comes, it's going down. Praise God. Hallelujah. Paul looked at death himself and said, Death, you're going down. Death, where's your sting? Grave, where's your victory? Hallelujah. Death is swallowed up in victory. In other words, Christ's victory over death assures our victory over death. The grave couldn't hold him, and the grave will not hold us, our physical bodies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And in light of that victory based on the resurrection, Paul says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. So at the tomb of Lazarus, his sister runs out to Jesus and said, Accusedly, angrily, if you had been here, we sent word to you, you didn't come, but if you had been here, our brother would not have died. And Jesus said, I am. And when he says, I am, he said it on several occasions. He says it as God, not just a prophet, a healer, a, a, a great king, but as God. Who do you say sent me, God? Who do I tell Pharaoh sent me? Tell him the I am, not the I was or the I will be, but the, the ever-present eternal God. I am the resurrection. I am the life. He that believeth in me. How many believers in Christ do we have in this room this morning? He that believeth in me. <laughs> Amen. He'll never die. Amen. That doesn't mean this body won't deteriorate. This body won't drop. But because we believe in Jesus Christ, the same power and the same person that raised him from the dead because the power is a person and the person is the Holy Spirit. And the scripture is very, very clear. If the spirit of him, Romans 8, if the spirit of him who what raised Jesus from the dead indwell you, he shall also quicken and that means to give life. What kind of life? The same life eternal that raised Jesus. Listen, I have eternal life. I'm not going to get eternal life. But I receive Christ. Amen. The Bible said, He that hath the Son hath life. Well, I was alive when I received him. No, you were dead. And I was dead in trespasses and sins. But he hath quickened them who were dead, given life. 
It's not just life abundant in terms of the material and the physical. It's life eternal through resurrection power. If the Spirit of Him, say it with me, if the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He will also quicken your mortal body. This is not at the trump. This is not at the rapture. This is right here, right now, present tense. Eternal life is in you and me. He that, live, he that believeth in me shall have eternal life. And he, that shall never, and he that liveth and believeth in me, he will never die. He that believes in me shall have life. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Lazarus died again, but his spirit lived eternally. But Jesus proved who he was and his authority over death, hell, and the grave. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And you know what Bible scholars have said? If he hadn't called him by name, all the dead that had ever died would have jumped up out of the grave. Because he has absolute authority over death and the grave. And that's why hell in the sense of the grave. Listen, that's why the Apostle Paul said, Death, where is your sting? And grave, where is your victory? There is a bee, and I I think it's the bumblebee, that once it stings you, it has only one stinger. It leaves the stinger in you. It's one of those from the bee family. And there's one of those kind of bees caught inside a car, rolled down the windows, tried to shoo it out. There's a little girl there, and she's scared. Daddy, Daddy, it's going to sting me. It's going to sting me. It's going to sting me. And he rolled down the windows. It wouldn't leave. It kept buzzing around both of them. And he reached over, and he grabbed it and caught it with one hand while driving, and it stung him. And then he turned it loose. When he turned it loose, it kept buzzing back and forth, buzzing back. He said, Daddy, Daddy, it's going to sting me. He said, No, it's not. Look. He opened his hand, and the stinger was still stuck in a red welt on his hand. He said, That bee don't have a stinger no more. He can't sting nobody. I'm going to tell you about death. Death stings everybody. It touches every life on this planet. It's appointed to man once to die. After this, the judgment. But as far as actually stopping something that's final and no, amen. Death, where is your sting? And grave, where is your victory? Those graves are going to come open. We're going to be with the Lord until the trump sounds. But our bodies and our spirits are going to be reunited. We have, the Bible said we have a body in heaven, not made with hands. We have a celestial spiritual body that we will inhabit until this body is raised. See, God is not going to have a halfway victory, a 90% victory, a 99% victory. Amen. He is going to have a 100% victory because Job said, listen. Listen, I see something. I see something down through the corridors of time. Amen. I see, amen, my Redeemer is going to stand upon this earth. My Redeemer lives. Resurrection. Hallelujah. And one day he's going to stand upon. What a revelation. 
of the Redeemer and the resurrection in one of the most ancient books of the Bible. Can you say amen? And when he stands, though the skin worms eat the flesh off of my body, when he stands up, I'm going to stand up with him. And in my flesh that the skin worms ate. If, if you're wondering about people who died at sea and people who got burned up in fires and every other way to just completely destroy their body. God's got your DNA. He can reconstitute it. It's nothing for him. He can turn water into wine. He can turn, he can turn ashes back into bodies. He can put flesh on dead bones. When he regathers Israel, typically. Hallelujah. Oh, the question is, once again, is death. It's too late. It's, it's over. We're hopeless. Son of man, what do you see? I see a valley full of dry bones. The flesh is gone. And the bones are not even skeletal. They're scattered all over the place. The bones are in disarray. And then God asked him, can these bones live? That's a loaded question because you're going to have to use your faith in God's ability, not in your understanding, not in science, not in logic, not in reason, not in physics, but God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can these bones live? I love Ezekiel's answer, don't you? Lord, thou knowest. In other words, whatever you say, whatever you say, if I go to my brain, dear Lord in heaven, can they live? Are you kidding me? They're porous. They're scattered. Can, can these become living beings? Of course not. That's unreasonable, unthinkable. But he has power over death, even when death looks like it is conquered completely. <laughs> and he says, O oh Lord, O oh Lord, Thou knowest. And then he asked him to do something by faith. He said, then I want you to prophesy to the four winds. Hallelujah. Amen. And those, when, when that began to happen, there was a shaking in that boneyard. Everybody say a whole lot of shaking going on. Glory to God. And bone began to reunite with its bone in each body all of the and now we had whole skeletons in their rightful place and then he said prophesy again he prophesied and then life flesh came upon those bones amen listen when god wants something accomplished in this earth he wants somebody to give him credit and have faith in him that what he has promised and what he has purposed, he is able to accomplish. Can you say man? Hallelujah. And, and then they stood upon their feet, a mighty army. And then he told him, this is the whole house of Israel. They have been scattered among the nations of the world. But I'm going to gather them back again. Amen. 
And, and did you know something? The regathering of Israel from the nations of the world. We saw them coming from North Africa. Uh, amen. And when they got off the plane in Israel, they got off and they kissed the ground because they felt, I am home. The Russians, Russian Jews have come back to Israel. They've come from every corner of the earth back to Israel. Can you say, man, hallelujah. God is, has absolute power and authority over death and and Jesus Jesus went to Lazarus tomb and exercised that resurrection power and that absolute authority and he said roll the stone away and of course people reason we reason oh for the childlike faith wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great to just have childlike faith again I mean, people with great faith have childlike faith. They just trust God. They just trust God. They just trust God. They don't try to think. My son was so analytical. I I wanted to just, you know, say, is there anybody in there besides you? I mean, is there any, any way we can get through this? He would want to analyze everything. Analyze everything. And I thought, quit analyzing. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Praise God. Amen. Roll the stone away. Again, he's going to show his authority. He raised the widow's son. He never went to a funeral that he didn't raise the dead. Oh, yeah. Check the Bible. Jesus didn't attend a funeral to mourn anybody. If he went to a funeral, he raised up the corpse. Jairus' daughter is dead. She ain't dead. She's only sleeping. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, 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 man. You, 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 you really messing up this time. We're talking death here. We're talking graveyard dead. Jairus' daughter is not sleeping. She's dead. He said, take me to her. She's not dead. She only sleepeth. God will not concede that death has the final say. And this Resurrection Sunday, we're celebrating that reality and that fact. And they laughed him to scorn. The Bible tells us not to sit in the seat of the scornful. Can you say, man, get, a, get around a believer. Don't, don't hang out with doubters. Don't, don't hang out with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath light with darkness, Christ with Belial? Amen. Get you a new group of, find somebody that when you say something in faith, they'll come into agreement with you. Can you say, man, for if two of you on earth shall agree as touching anything they ask, it shall be given them of my Father which is in heaven. If it's in His will, fulfilling His purpose, two of us in agreement, God said, I'm going to move on that. I'm going to act on that. Can you say, man, glory to God. Roll the stone away. Here they come. Lord, it's been three days. They're very practical. They're very honest. By now, there's no embalming process. He stinks. They can put all that stuff on him. But in that tomb, like an oven heating up, in this corpse is now beginning to decompose. And they said, the stink when we roll that stone away is going to be overwhelming. Do you want to expose his family that are full of such sorrow to this added thing of the stench of his dead body? 
And Jesus said, did not I say unto you that if you would roll the stone away, you would see the glory of God. The wonderful thing about our God is he's not asking any of us to do the supernatural. He's asking us to act on his word so he can do the supernatural. And the devil doesn't want you acting on the word of God. They want you to look at what God says and then look at the circumstance and look at yourself and listen to this doctor and do. I'm not telling you don't go to thank God for a surgical team that took my wife in, but I'm going to tell you they had help. They had help and they know they had help. Because the doctor called me during the surgery. The nurse called me first during the surgery. Every 45 to 50 minutes, my cell phone rang. And they said, we're one hour in. We're two hours in. Everything is going great. Everything is going fine. Everything, we're, we're ahead of schedule. We didn't have to give as much blood as, as we normally would. See, everything is blessed, blessed. He taketh my part with them that help me. Praise God. Amen. And then when the surgeon came on, I'm going to use the term, the only term that comes to my mind. I know I have a limited vocabulary, but if it was any more, you wouldn't get it anyway. Can you? Amen. Except for Maybe Mike. No, he's a mathematician. He's not fooling with grammar and all that junk. Amen. Conjunction, function, junction, conjunction, junction. Anyway, I don't know what a conjunction is anymore. I used to know. It's not important. I never use it. I just flat out don't use conjunctions. Well, I really do, but I'm not aware of it that I know of. (laughs) Listen to me. When the reasoning gets in the way of faith and we don't see the absolute authority of God to bring his word to pass, he doesn't know. Listen, when death died concerning the believer, when Christ conquered death, he didn't do it just for him. He did it for you and he did it for me. Amen. He that believeth on me. Amen. He will never perish. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Roll the stone away. If you roll the stone away, you'll see the glory of God. Amen. And they did something that was against their reasoning, against their better judgment as an act of faith on the word. And when they rolled the stone away, then when they did that simple act of faith... And they went against their reasoning, their logic, and their understanding and just acted on the word. See, when you get to where you're not just listening to the word, but you're acting on the word of God by faith, God will keep his word. He watches over it to perform it. But until we act on it, there's nothing for him to do. But the day I act on it, he's obligated himself to it. Not to me, but to his word. I don't tell him what to do, but he tells himself what to do because he said that his word will not return void. It will accomplish what he sent it to do. Every promise of God is yea and amen to everyone that believes. And believing is acting on the word. That's faith without works is dead. How dead? Graveyard dead. Amen. When he called Lazarus forth, he let everyone that saw it know the greatest enemy, the greatest enemy,
the greatest enemy. And it says Satan has used death to hold men and women in bondage. Amen. The fear of death has brought men and women into bondage. And once that fear, I don't want to die before my time. I don't want to suffer in my body, but I am not afraid. I've been so close to heaven through that stroke. All the things I preached, I got to live out and flesh out in my own life. You know, when your wife can't go with you, your daddy and mama are in heaven. Amen. There's nobody in the back of that ambulance, but a stranger looking at you and looking at your vital signs and and uh, I can feel that paralysis getting stronger on my body to where I couldn't lift my head. I couldn't lift my feet. I couldn't move my arm. I could barely speak. And, and it was affecting my breathing. And the attendant in the back of the ambulance said, sir, can, are you okay? And I said, I'm, I'm having trouble breathing and when he put the oxygen on and that oxygen began to help me to breathe i'm laying there thinking you know i'm probably going home this is pretty serious stuff if the lord is done with me i'm probably going home in fact i told pamela when she was able to come to the emergency room right after they took me in she followed the ambulance and when she came in i told her i remember specifically telling her honey if i'm going to be a burden to you. If I'm going to, in other words, live crippled up and just be a burden to you, I want to go on home. I'm ready. Amen. And the reason I was ready is not because I wanted to leave my family. I believe they need me. But God wasn't through with me, and he did something for me that my wife couldn't do, none of you could do. You know, that's why I'm not afraid of nobody, because can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can you say amen? Nobody. Nobody. I don't need somebody's applause this morning. I don't need nobody's approval. God has saved me. Jesus is my brother. God is my father. And, and you can't go with me. When you get ready to die, I can't go with you. But there's somebody who can go with you, who will go with you, who said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Can you say, man, I've been around poor folk and I've been around millionaires, but I, I don't, I'm not in awe of nobody. Can you say, man, when you get down to that stage, it don't mean nothing. You're rich. Don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom. Don't let the rich man glory in his riches. Don't let the strong man glory in his strength. But he that glorieth, let him glory in this, that he knows and understands me, saith God. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. He wrapped me up in a piece. I, I knew my family needed me because I'm all that's left to take care of them. There's nobody else. I mean, her daddy's in a nursing home. Her brother is, is you know... He's in Arkansas, and they they haven't been close. They're not mad at each other. They just don't. They're not in any kind of personal close relationship. Her sister has. Well, it's a whole other story that we won't even tell. How many got family issues? Every everybody's everybody's not the Waltons. It'll let up. Oh, you're pointing at him. Family issue. Oh, brother. I'm so glad you're here today, Josh, just to point this out. I've been trying to tell everybody, and in, in the mouth of two or more witnesses, let every word be confirmed. You get in the back of an ambulance, and you're by yourself, and you're not by yourself. You're alone, but you're not alone. And you feel the peace 
of a person who is with you. Can't nobody. Oh, yeah, I've sung that song, clap my hands. But after that experience, the way I sing it now is entirely different. Can't nobody. Come on, Willie. Amen. Can't nobody do us like Jesus. He's my friend. Can you say man? So when they said we got a, they were concerned about me because of the breathing thing and the paralysis coming on, getting worse. That means the stroke is getting worse. And they called ahead to get them ready. Said we have a 65-year-old man uh, that is a stroke victim. We're bringing him in. They wanted them to be ready to do whatever they needed to do to keep me alive if they could. And I want you to know something. At that point, I knew that I knew because the peace of God was all over me. And I knew that. That I knew, that I knew, that I knew, that I knew. I'm going to keep on that I knew. And praise God, Amen. That God was in control. Was it? Was it something that made me get wide-eyed? Yeah, you'll get really wide-eyed. That'll wake you up in a hurry. I didn't. I didn't think I was going home that soon. <laughs> I thought I had some years ahead of me. I thought I was a picture of health. Amen. I got to say it again. I was benching 315 pounds. My wife and son were spotting me for 300 pounds. You don't think you're going to have a stroke. I'm eating high protein, low fat. Wow, I was in good shape. But inside, I was stressed out and messed up. And that stress narrows the veins and narrows the arteries and it finally narrowed to the point that it happened. They couldn't find anything but stress to attribute the stroke to. There was no bleeding. There was no blood clot. There was nothing that they found. And God raised me up, literally. Death has no power over the person who has put their trust in Christ as her, their Savior. And because of that, we have great reason to rejoice today. That's why the resurrection is so crucial to our faith. It's a cardinal truth and a cardinal fact in Scripture. And I'm going to read that to you and we're going to close. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you there is no resurrection I wish there was no Christian organization that is saying there's no resurrection. But there are Christian organizations today that do not believe in the bodily resurrection. I wish I could say that everyone who professes Christianity believed in the resurrection. But the Barna poll said 30%. Can you imagine three out of ten people that claim to be Christians, do not believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus. You know why the resurrection is under attack? Because they want to make Jesus a mere man like you and me and not the God that he is. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh, Emmanuel. And every spirit that does not confess that Christ has come in the flesh is antichrist. Can you say, man, even if it has on a religious robe and religious trappings and religious garb. But if there be no resurrection from the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain. 
and your faith is also vain. That's why this is such a crucial thing. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then Christ is not raised. And if Christ is not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet, oh my God, help us. You are yet in your sins. Because if Jesus' blood was not confirmed by the resurrection, that God received it, it is not accomplished. It is not finished. There is no sacrifice for sin. But if he raised from the dead, our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Then they which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Adrian Rogers said in closing, the resurrection is not merely important to the historic Christian faith. Without it, there would be no Christianity. It is the singular doctrine that elevates Christianity above all other world religions. Muhammad, I'm saying this, Muhammad is dead. They scattered his cremated body and bones to the Ganges River and they used to offer sacrifices of their children and threw them in and drowned them in the Ganges thinking that God would bless their crops because of that. Muhammad is dead. Marx is dead. Lenin, the religion of atheism, And Marxism and Leninism, they lie in state in Red Square and you can go and see their mummified bodies. Amen. They go to Mecca to see the, the, the body of Muhammad. I'm sorry, it was Buddha that they, that they put in the Ganges. Muhammad, they go to, to, to Mecca every year to see the body. They're always looking for a body. Oh, the Christian faith stands out because there's no body in the grave. There's no place to visit to enshrine. Hallelujah. It's a historical fact in time. According to Harvard law professor, Dr. Simon Greenleaf, according to, this is his quote, according to the laws of legal evidence used in courts of law, there's more evidence for the historical fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ than just about any other event in human history. Hallelujah. Billy Graham said there's more evidence that Jesus rose from the dead than there is that Julius Caesar ever lived or that Alexander the Great lived and died at the age of 33. More evidence, more eyewitnesses. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. It is a, it is a historical fact and it is a personal fact. Praise God. Hallelujah. In every believer. I like what someone has said, and I'm going to read this to you in closing. The tomb of Christ is famous because of what it does not contain. Clarence W. Hall said the resurrection of Jesus changes the face of death for all his people. Death is no longer a prison, but a passage into God's presence. Absent from the body, say it with me. Absent from the body, does death rule? Does death have the final word, the final say? No, it doesn't. A passage into God's presence. Easter says, he said, Clarence W. Hall, Easter says you can put death in a grave, but it won't stay there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Leon Morris said, the resurrection power of Jesus broke Satan's captive power. 
when he led the Old Testament saints from paradise to heaven, he led captivity captive. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Amen. I like someone who said the cross is the victory. The resurrection is the triumph. The resurrection is the public display of the victory. The triumph of the crucified one. Hallelujah. I like what John C. Broger said. He said, God has defeated Satan through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through this overwhelming victory, God has also empowered you to overcome any temptation to sin and has provided sufficient resources for you to respond biblically to any problem of life. By relying on God's power and being obedient to His Word, you can be an overcomer in any situation. Josh Mac Dow said, no matter how devastating our struggles, disappointments, and troubles are, they are only temporary. No matter what happens to you, no matter the depth of tragedy or pain you face, no matter how death stalks you and your loved ones, the resurrection promises you a future of immeasurable good. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm almost done. Somebody say glory. We're not like others who have no hope. And hope is the glad anticipation of future good. Edward Everett Hale said the resurrection miracle is nothing to you and me if it's only an event of 18. See, this is an old time and now it's 19 centuries gone by. Unless we can live the immortal life, unless we can receive God to his own home in these hearts of ours, the texts are nothing to us unless these daily lives illustrate them. We're supposed to live our Christian life in resurrection power, not in religious zeal. Can you say man? Come on. Amen. Oh, I don't think you heard me. Let me say it again so we can hurry and get through. If you're trying to live this out by just keeping the rules, this is, this is not resurrection power. Resurrection power gives you something beyond yourself. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Hallelujah. He's talking about the power of the resurrection, not only in Jesus, but that resurrection power through the Holy Spirit working in you and working in me. Praise God. Someone said, Watchman Nee. I like old Watchman Nee, this Chinese Christian. He said, our old history ends with the cross and our new history begins with the resurrection. Hallelujah. And Matthew Henry, let's don't leave him out. Come and see the victories of the cross. Christ's wounds are thy healings. His agonies, thy repose. His conflicts, thy conquest. His groans, thy songs. His pain, thine ease. His shame, thy glory. His death, thy life. His sufferings, thy salvation. Can you say, man, there, there is victory in that cross because it led to his resurrection and our resurrection. Praise God. Don't, don't amen no more. So <laughs> I told you not to amen anymore. So I can stop preaching and just celebrate as we close this service today. I'm glad you came to church. I'm glad you came today. Praise God. How many are glad you came here? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to go home with a song of praise and honor today. Would you please stand to your feet?
as we close this service. We didn't go too far over time. There is no time anyway, but uh, we don't want to. We don't want to go beyond where we need to go. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about Easter Sunday, and I'm excited about resurrection power. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somewhere, some, oh, yes, right here, right here. We're going to end with Easter song, but we're going to begin with saying to the whole wide gainsaying world, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Aren't you glad you're part of that great company that are saved today? Hallelujah. Let's give him praise before we go home.